I feel like I should make a confession before we even begin this special. Because the special's all about the Clintons. How dirty this family is and whatnot. But I, I, let, before we get to any of that, allow me to just say this. I miss the Clintons. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't, don't throw anything at your television. Don't start typing out hate mail to me just yet. I mean, you can do that. That's fine. But let me explain. <clears throat> you ever seen the movie Gladiator? I'm sure you have. Everyone has. Kids with parents' permission. But, you know, Russell Crowe cutting people up and whatnot. You love the movie. Everyone does. Why, though? What makes it special? Is it Russell Crowe? Well, he's good. He's very good. Gladiators and swords and fighting. Who doesn't love that? Rome. You know what made the movie Gladiator, though? Why you extra love it? The bad guy. You hated the bad guy, Commodus, in the movie, played by, uh, what's his name, Phoenix. You hated him. The bad guy makes the story. You got a good book? You only think it's a great book if it's got a great bad guy. Die Hard. Bruce Willis was awesome, sure. Ah, bad guy was great. In politics, this ugly game of politics, the bad guys, they all suck now. I mean, yeah, Joe Biden is a doddering old fool with a half-functional brain. And he's surrounded by full-blown communists who are destroying the country. There's no question about that. There's no pizzazz. There's no good old-fashioned pay-to-play corruption. There are no <clears throat> untimely suicides. It's just boring. The Clintons? The Clintons, man, they did it different. This is as dirty a political family as has ever existed in the history of the United States of America. And quick side story here, I'm not going to go into specifics because I'll actually give someone away. I knew a guy who knew the Clintons back in Arkansas, the pre-governor Clintons, before Bill Clinton was governor, and they were working their way up the political ladder. And even then, it was simply known, the Clintons are dirty. It was just one of those things that's been known forever. These are the Clintons, the dirtiest family in America's political history. Now, why am I bringing this up now? It's not just that I think Hillary might run again in 2024. That's actually not the reason at all. The reason we're doing a special on the Clintons is so much of what we're seeing right now, the corruption that's coming to fruition right now, so much of it began with the Clintons. Even up to the military rot, you see. The Clintons. It all ties back to the Clintons. And look, let's remember. This. Bill's most embarrassing moment isn't even close to the worst thing he's ever done. But I mean, here's Bill. But I want to say one thing to the American people. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I never told anybody to lie, not a single time, never. These allegations are false, and I need to go back to work for the American people. Thank you. Except they were all true. <laughs> they were all true, but that's the Clintons. Get that sincere look in the eye. Look, I'm telling you, this is a lie. I gotta go back to work for America. That's the Clintons. And of course, Hillary, Hillary was never your average first lady. You see, we've had stronger or more bold out in front first ladies, and we've had more behind the scenes first ladies, but 
I don't know that we've ever had a first lady who was honestly the real hatchet man. Oh, Bill's as dirty as they come, but it wasn't Bill's wrath you had to worry about. It was Hillary Clinton's. She ran out there, no matter what Bill did, accused anybody who was bringing up the Monica stuff as being a conspiracy theorist. We get a politically motivated prosecutor who is allied with the right-wing opponents of my husband, who has literally spent four years looking at every telephone... And $30 million. And more than that now, but looking at every telephone call we've made, every check we've ever written, scratching for dirt, intimidating witnesses, doing everything possible to try to make some accusation against my husband. We're the great story here for anybody willing to find it and write about it and explain it is this vast right-wing conspiracy that has been conspiring against my husband since the day he announced for president. Uh, a few journalists have kind of caught on to it and explained it, but it has not yet been fully revealed to the American public. There's a huge conspiracy. Didn't you hear? There was no, there was no lying at all. This is a big right-wing conspiracy that's been out to get Bill and the American media. Those right-wingers in the American media, they're in on it. But let's, let's pause on that for a moment because you see a lot of that today. Who's this conspiracy theorist? Look at this conspiracy. We've gotten to the point in our society the second somebody starts accusing you of being a conspiracy theorist or supporting a conspiracy, you're probably onto something. You see... We now know some really ugly things thanks to the Durham investigation. We know some ugly things about what the Clintons did. And Hillary Clinton runs right to the cameras right off the bat and says, what? And we can't get distracted, whether it's by the latest culture war nonsense or some new right-wing lie on Fox or Facebook. By the way, they've been coming after me again lately, in case you might have noticed. It's funny, the more trouble Trump gets into, the wilder the charges and conspiracy theories about me seem to get. Conspiracy theories is so wild, gosh, guys. Except we have a man named John Durham. And I just want to make sure I continue to remind everybody, John Durham is not some right winger. He's not political really at all. Durham is a man who I have been hard on because he's taken so long and I thought it would nothing would come of it. And I hope I do eat crow on it, but Durham does have a resume that is impressive. Durham has a resume that takes down corrupt FBI agent, Durham, agents. Durham has a resume of going after people in positions of power and not backing off, not backing down. Durham, he's already releasing some information that makes Hillary Clinton look like the most corrupt person in history, at least in American history. Hillary Clinton not only conspired to plant dirt on Donald Trump during the campaign season, Hillary Clinton then went all in on that and her people continued to spy on Donald Trump after he was in the White House? That, is, that goes beyond illegal or unethical that is the kind of thing that can bring down countries, that level of corruption. That's gigantic. That is gigantic. Don't, don't dismiss it as anything. It's just nothing, right? And let's keep in mind, she says this is all right-wing lunacy, right-wing conspiracy stuff. But this all began with something very, very, very concrete. Really, the genesis of all this was Benghazi. 
And people can roll their eyes and say that's old news. Well, it's not old news to the Americans who died over there. And what happened in Benghazi? Well, I've done a bunch of reading on it. We have a bunch of facts out about it now. And what it looks like is we were busy running arms to rebels in Syria back then. Rebels we apparently didn't fully understand or did fully understand. Rebels who turned out to be ISIS. You do remember the rampage they went on. And we had an embassy there in Syria that understood very much that they were in danger because of all this activity going on, all this radicalism surrounding them. There was plenty of chatter heard by CIA guys on the ground and others that there, was, there were dangerous elements afoot and that anything could go wrong. So our embassy continues to ask for help. Hey, we need more guys here. We need more guns here. Hillary Clinton, for some reason, continues to refuse. It's odd, isn't it? You know what else is odd? Why would Hillary Clinton, as Secretary of State of the United States of America, instead of using official channels, why would Hillary Clinton set up a private email server. Doesn't that seem strange to you? Here she is, the top diplomat for the United States of America, and yet she sets up a private server, so we don't know what she's up to? Very strange. I did not email any um, classified material to anyone on my email. There is no classified material. 110 emails in 52 email chains have been determined by the owning agency to contain classified information at the time they were sent or received. I responded right away and provided all my emails that could possibly be work-related. The FBI also discovered several thousand work-related emails that were not among the group of 30,000 emails returned by Secretary Clinton to state in 2014. There were no security breaches. We assess it is possible that hostile actors gained access to Secretary Clinton's personal email account. Hmm. There she was blatantly lying. Not only sending and receiving classified information on a private server, not only would they get anyone in the military, let's say, busted and oftentimes thrown in prison, well, not only did Hillary Clinton face no prison time for it, she then ran for president, won the popular vote. So whatever came of all that? I mean, why would that just go away? Isn't it bizarre? Such a drastic charge just went away? It is bizarre. It's also bizarre that the husband of the lady under investigation would have a private meeting at a Phoenix airport with the attorney general. Well, I did see the president uh, at the Phoenix airport the other night. As I was landing, he was headed out. Uh, he did come over and say hello and speak to my husband and myself and um, talk about his grandchildren and his travels and, and things like that. So that was the extent of that. And no discussions were held in any cases or anything of that. And he didn't raise anything uh, about that either. Sure, sure. I'm just talking about the grandkids, right? Hey, attorney general that's investigating my wife. How are them grandkids? Little Billy still playing t-ball? Oh, come on. Come on now. Well, um, look, maybe, maybe what we should do is track down the report reporter who broke the story, Christopher Sign. That's what we should do. We'll, we'll, we'll track him now. He broke the story. Let's get some facts from him. Oh. Oh. Oh, my bad. 
My producer just let me know, uh, Christopher Sign, 45 years old, he killed himself. Story went away. Very odd, no? Seems to be a lot of that going around. I'll tell you what, all that may have made you uncomfortable, but the rest of the show sure will do. We have former Representative Doug Collins. He was digging into that Loretta Lynch, Bill Clinton stuff. Let's get some facts from him, huh? It's going to be a great show tonight on I'm Right. We'll be back. It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Yeah. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. Okay. Famous debate moment. We've got, got everyone on the right standing up and cheering. I will be honest, I enjoyed it myself, but never really took it that seriously, I guess. Maybe I should have, though, because we have these... Latest Durham findings in man, did Hillary Clinton's campaign really infiltrate Trump Tower and the White House itself? What, what can we do about things like this? Joining me now, former representative from Georgia, also ranking member of the Judiciary Committee. I need to point that out. Doug Collins, Congressman. Okay, now locker up was fun fodder for the campaign trail and rallies and things like that. But you'll have to forgive me uh, if the opposing party is infiltrating the White House. We do need to lock her up, do we not? <laughs> Somebody needs to be locked up, and it's her <laughs> campaign. I mean, here's the thing, though. That I'll just start out from the beginning. Hillary Clinton should have been in trouble with the law, especially the Department of Justice, from the very beginning of this whole fiasco, which started with her emails. Never, ever, ever, never forget the Trump scandal, the Trump fake scandal with Russia all started with her trying to get over her email scandal, which she should have been held accountable and possibly should have faced jail time over her the way she handled classified emails. Congressman, can you recap that little thing for us? Because so many people do forget that's where all this started, is Hillary possibly running some operation to get, to, to get everyone to shut up about her emails. But what emails? What, what, what was that all about? Well, this, again, and I'm glad you asked that question because so many people just go to the right of where we're at now. But let me give a real quick synopsis. Uh, coming out of Benghazi, there, and remember, she was Secretary of State during Benghazi, the whole investigation on the uh, going into what happened around Benghazi, which seems hard to believe, indicated and then shown that she was keeping a private email server while she was Secretary of State. That led to investigations by the House Judiciary Committee and the House Oversight Committee, Trey Gowdy, Bob Goodlatte, and others, which then led this uh, down the road. DOJ opened an investigation. If you remember, this is also the time that the AG... Uh, uh, Lynch actually met learned, Lynch met with Bill Clinton on the tarmac, the famous meeting in, in Arizona. And then a few days later, Comey comes out and says, no regional prosecutor would prosecute her for this, which is bull. It should have been. A few days later, just a couple weeks later, you have the first encounter with Peter Strzok and Donald Trump, and then the long progression toward the election in which they're uh, using the fake dossier, which was all built from the conspiracy that the Clintons were using to get Donald Trump uh, to be tied to the to Russia. This happened in 2016, spring of 2016. It then flowed in the Department of Justice. To make a time frame shorter, let me just say this, that by 2017, Donald Trump was president. They were still doing this. This was when Comey, Strzok, McKay, Page, or all the rest. And then it leads to spring of 2017 and when Robert Mueller was appointed special counsel. That's a long 
period of time, but it all goes back to Clinton. And remember, we know that they that the Biden Obama White House knew about this because we have released documents showing that the intelligence community uh, actually briefed them about what she was planning to do. You know what? Shocking, Actually, isn't it? I don't want to move on. I don't want to move on from this. Here's a flashback from someone you may recognize grilling <laughs> Loretta Lynch about this whole thing. I have another question. The day after you said, well, I'm just going to have to accept whatever they tell me because you're not going to do any investigation. You're not going to put the attorney general, the top law enforcement officer's stamp of approval on it. You said, I'm just going to accept whatever they give me. Did you at least read anything before you had a press conference the next day? Did you at least look at the testimony from Hillary Clinton? Well, did you at least look at anything? Know, Time of the gentleman. I did not hold a press Time conference. Time of the gentleman has expired. The witness can answer the question. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I did not issue a press conference. I issued a statement. I did receive a briefing from the team. It was thorough. Um, it discussed uh, the findings that they had come to. It discussed the legal analysis that they had made. Uh, my decision was to accept those findings, and as I've said before, that was my decision. As a famous leader once said, the buck stops with me. Please go read that. Okay, Congressman, I'm not just going to let this one go because it is important. The husband of the lady who was either under investigation or about to be under investigation meets with America's top law enforcement officer, and soon the investigation gets dropped like a hot potato. Did anything happen to Loretta Lynch? I mean, that is, that is a, that's, we were talking about Ukraine and Russia corruption. What are we <laughs> supposed to say about it with things like that? No, that just was one of the saddest histories of an attorney general in the in the history of all of our attorney generals. Merrick Garland's running a close second right now, but Lynch was was <laughs> bad. Um, she actually, in that same time of me asking her questions earlier on, she actually would not answer a question if I told her because she kept saying, it, you know, well, it may, it depends, and all these kind of things. So I asked her, I said, if you're running 65 and or something like that in a 55 mile an hour zone, are you speeding? And her first response was, it depends. Okay, the whole, even her own staff shook their head and started laughing. She was a disaster. She was compromised from day one in this investigation because she, again, she was not following uh, anything except her loyalty to Clinton's and during an election cycle. This is the problem we had because we never could get the DOJ to look at this. They were only simply covering it up. And remember, this is important because if you have the government working against a political opponent, if you have the government working to influence an election, if you have a government willing to take the side of its party over the, the administration of justice, then you've got a real problem. And that's been my problem from day one with this. Clinton seems to have started in this country a two-level tier of justice, one for her and one for everybody else. And, and this can't be overlooked. But remember, all of the Russia Trump stuff starts and ends with Hillary Clinton. Okay, you mentioned compromised. Compromised by whom exactly? It looks right now, from the outside looking in, I'm not there, it looks like we have an FBI, CIA, NSA, DOJ, it looks like IRS, it looks like we have a bunch of government agencies with the power to destroy anybody's life. It looks like they're packed full of committed Democrats who are aiming the forces of government at people on the right. It does look like, as you pointed out, this started with Hillary Clinton. How did we get here? Because that is not a small thing. History says that's probably the most dangerous thing in the world. What's going on? Well, one of the things you need to remember, you know, and we hear this all the time, and I do believe people ought to serve for a time and then come back out of government. You hear it all the time of, of term-limiting politicians. Well, here's the problem. 
the bureaucrats in the government and committee staff, frankly, commit people who work on the Hill are not term limited. You can term limit every politician you want. And as long as that sort of infrastructure is still there for career government employees, then you're gonna have this problem. What we saw festering up through this and then was unleashed during the Obama years was this uh, activism by the agencies. We saw it in the IRS when they targeted uh, Tea Party groups and other conservative groups, and then it just built as we move forward. What was disturbing to find was that it was as more rampant in the Department of Justice than we actually believed or many of us wanted to believe. And that's when you started seeing it coming to light with Jim Comey, with Baker, with uh, Peter Strzok and Nellie and Bruce Orr and Lisa Page. This is where you started seeing McCabe, Andrew McCabe, the others starting to come together. And as we began to unravel this, they began to push back and Democrats couldn't accept it, but they were protecting their own. That's why for many of us, we thought there needed to be a complete cleaning house at Department of Justice. And if you don't think this is bad, if you think this is just the way politics is with appointees and everybody else, let me just remind you that James Comey signed on multiple occasions a FISA warrant using a fake unverified dossier that had all kinds of lies and, and untruths about Donald Trump to the secret court, the FISA court, which meets in private, you do not know what they're doing, and issued warrants on an American citizen. If that doesn't scare everybody of any political persuasion, I don't know what to do for you. That sure should. Congressman, thank you so much for what you did. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Thanks for being on. Chris Farrell joins us next, but I mean, you heard what he just said. You've heard me talk about this a bunch. The head of the FBI getting a warrant to spy on an American citizen with bad information and he knows it. If that's where we're at, and it looks like that's where we're at, wow. All right, Chris Farrell next. Remember this? Do you remember when James Comey got up talking talking about Hillary Clinton's scandals and Hillary Clinton's emails, and they were just dismissed as reckless? I have um, no doubt that we've done exactly what we should have done. There is evidence that they were extremely careless in their handling of very sensitive, highly classified information. Although there is evidence of potential violations of the statutes regarding the handling of classified information. Our judgment is that no reasonable prosecutor would bring such a case. Although the Department of Justice makes final decisions on matters like this, we are expressing to justice our view that no charges are appropriate in this case. Hmm. Now, I, look, I, I went to community college. All right, I certainly don't have a law degree, so this, this, all this stuff is far, far beyond me. I'm, I'm willing to admit it. But So she, she broke the law, but we're not going to do anything about it? Joining me now is Chris Farrell. He's the Director of Investigations for Judicial Watch. All right, Chris, I don't want to speak out of turn. You're the expert. I'm not the expert. This stuff is still very applicable today when it comes to the level of corruption in our government. Would you please unpack that for me? She violated the statutes. I mean, I personally know some people in the military who've gotten in serious trouble for small violations with classified information, but... Uh, Hillary Clinton can do it, and no prosecutor would prosecute. Well, what am I looking at, Chris? This was a this was a horrific situation in July of 2016 when Comey made that speech. 
And I can tell you that I was an Army counterintelligence guy for years. And uh, like you said, there's people in the military who had their lives destroyed or they spent some time in jail or they were dishonorably discharged for doing just a fraction of what she did. So, you know, this was a nightmare and a, a total fraud on the, on, the, on the public back in July 2016. They interviewed her. They didn't even put her under oath. It was a coffee and donut session. They sat around. With a, <laughs> she, had about, she had about six or eight handlers in the room. And they said, you didn't do anything wrong, did you? And she said, no. And OK, thank you. And they left. Okay, Chris, how am I supposed to take things like this, stories like that? And I remember that story. How am I supposed to take this as anything other than we have a completely corrupted FBI full of Democrats and they'll run cover for them and destroy us? Am I supposed to take it a different way? Because everything seems to point to that, everything from that date forward. No, you've hit the nail on the head. The FBI needs to be dissolved. I've been saying this for years. You need to create an investigative division inside the U.S. Marshals Service. And then you uh, you vet very carefully FBI guys and other federal law enforcement who want to sort of laterally transfer over uh, into this new investigative arm. Let the Marshals Service run it. And then you take the FBI as we know it and you collapse it. You put it out of business in about three months. Chris, is this something that can be done with a GOP presidency in Congress? Is it even possible? The bureaucracy is just so entrenched. They've been there forever. They never retire. They have a ton of power. Can it be done? Oh, yeah. It could be done. I mean, it would be a straight uphill battle. Everybody in the world would be screaming and crying and saying, you know, all kinds of reckless, crazy stuff. Uh, but, you know, another idea that uh, I think would go a long way is treat the attorneys in the Justice Department the same way that you, that you treat people in the Pentagon, and every three to four years you rotate, you get a new assignment. And so instead of having these attorneys who are entrenched working in one division, one section of the Justice Department for 15 to 20 years, you give them some exciting career opportunities. You say, Greg, guess what? You're leaving DC, and you've got a great new opportunity in uh, Topeka, Kansas, and uh, go for it. And if you don't like it, resign, get out. And so you rotate around the bodies in the Justice Department so they don't become entrenched, just like you do with the FBI. People get rotated around there, and certainly in the Pentagon, people are reassigned every three years. And so we need to break up these power centers. We need to take a couple of departments out of DC put the Interior Department in Denver, you know, put the Treasury in St. Louis, move the government around so that DC is not this rat's nest that it currently is. Chris, I'm gonna play you something I'm sure you've seen before, the famous email server, the, the private server. Nothing was marked classified at the time I sent or received it. Was that true? That's not true. There were a small number of portion markings on, I think, three of the documents. I provided the uh, department with all of my work-related emails. Secretary Clinton said all work-related emails were returned to the State Department. Was that true? No, we found emails, thousands, that were not returned. Okay, Chris, I, I want to ask this because we never could get to the bottom of it. Granted, there was a lot of bleach bid and deleting and a lot of DOJ cover-up. But she yep. did have a private server. 
what, what, what do we think, and this is all we can do now, what do we think was on that server that she didn't want everyone to see? Uh, and that's the point right there. She didn't want anyone to see. The only reason the American public even knows that she had a server is because Judicial Watch sued the, the State Department over Benghazi, believe it or not. The Benghazi attack, that terrorist attack that killed four Americans that she's responsible for, we had sued under the Freedom of Information Act to get all the records around that attack. When that attack occurred, um, there was one person who was conspicuously absent in having any email. So everybody that you might imagine was busy talking back and forth about Benghazi, what was going on, who was doing what. The one person there's no traffic for was Hillary. About 10 months after that case was closed out, the State Department came back to Judicial Watch very sheepishly and said, oh, we've discovered another universe of documents. And we said, what do you mean universe of documents? What are you talking about? Oh, well, Mrs. Clinton had her own server. And here's the problem. She set that up the week before she became Secretary of State. She knew exactly what she was doing. And the problem at the State Department was they weren't gonna get a bunch of State Department attorneys to go in and lie under oath for her that they didn't know these emails existed. And so, ta-da, her email server is revealed for what it is, and people find out that there's 22 top secret sensitive compartment information, or SCI, special access program material. 22 of those emails went across that server. Uh, and no doubt, every, every intelligence service in the world that was out there looking for that kind of material uh, found it. And I mean, the obvious ones, right? The Russians and the Chinese, but even friendly services, you know, the Brits, the Israelis, anybody who's got a first class intelligence service penetrated that server and saw everything that she had on it. Golly. You know what, we're, we're going to do one more question here. Here's a little flashback. You brought up Benghazi because everything seems to tie back to that. Here's a little flashback. We've seen the heavy assault on our post in Benghazi that took the lives of those brave men. We've seen rage and violence directed at American embassies over an awful internet video that we had nothing to do with. With all due respect, the fact is we had four dead Americans. Was it I because understand. of a protest or was it because of guys out for a walk one night who decided they'd go kill some Americans? What difference at this point does it make? Okay, Chris, you mentioned it's her fault. Why is it Benghazi is. her fault? Uh, she was asked repeatedly by the ambassador to provide additional security, additional manpower, additional actual physical improvements to the, the Benghazi compound. And there's also a CIA facility. Obviously, people know the whole story now. There's a CIA base, a logistics base, uh, a short distance from the Benghazi compound. Um, multiple requests from the ambassadorial level down to the regional security officer, down to the actual site managers themselves, asking for more security, more manpower, more intelligence, uh, more firepower, frankly. And they were turned down over and over and over again. Ambassador Stevens in the end, of course, is killed as a result of this. Um, obviously more could have been done and should have been done. And this is another really horrific black stain on uh, 
on our country. This is really shameful. Uh, you know, it, and we've had quite Chris, a string. Why of it, turn right? down security? What, what's the reason? Why, why would you? Well, who says no to more guns? Why? Well, two two reasons. Number one, uh, the only people that are authorized to uh, create or establish a consular uh, facility like the Benghazi compound was uh, is Congress. And guess what? There was no authorization to create a consulate in Benghazi. So the operation they had there was technically not authorized. There was no uh, explicit overt act by Congress authorizing the State Department to do what they were doing there. The second part of that was there was a CIA base co-located or right nearby in Benghazi. And that CIA base was very busy gathering up weapons, heavy weapons in Libya, packaging them up and sending them off to Syria because irony of ironies, at this point in our uh, struggle in, in the Middle East, uh, it ended up that the Obama administration was busy arming the Syrian resistance. Another way of saying that is the Obama administration was arming ISIS. Um, <laughs> and so they had this black operation of logistics and weapons moving from Libya uh, by freighter to Turkey's southernmost port, where they were then transshipped and moved to the interior of Syria, where there was a civil war, you'll remember, going on in Syria between uh, President Assad of Syria and uh, what were supposed to be uh, democratic forces. And of course, we didn't know really who we were dealing with. And half of those quote unquote democratic forces were actually ISIS bad guys. Good grief. Chris Frill, thank you for a wealth of information, sir. Appreciate you. Great to be on with you. Thanks. All right. We got more next. story for three years. I've had this interview with Virginia Roberts. We would not put it on the air. Um, first of all, I was told, who's Jeffrey Epstein? No one knows who that is. This is a stupid story. She had pictures. She had everything. She was in hiding for 12 years. We convinced her to come out. We convinced her to talk to us. Um, it was unbelievable what we had. Clinton. We had everything. I, I tried for three years to get it on to no avail, and now it's all coming out, and it's like these new revelations, and I freaking had all of it. I, I, I'm so pissed right now. Like, every day I get more and more pissed, because I'm just like, oh my God. We, it was, um, what, what we had was unreal. We had Clinton? Hmm. Joining me now is my friend, Alana Goodman. She is a senior investigative reporter with the Washington Free Beacon and author of a book you really need to read, A Convenient Death, The Mysterious Demise of Jeffrey Epstein. Alana, first and foremost, I don't know what's the most astounding part of that whole thing. The fact she just announced, I mean, it was behind the scenes that they had Clinton, or really the only part of it that bothered her is she wasn't allowed to run with the story. That was the part that really grinded her gears. 
Yeah, this was, I mean, Clinton's relationship with Epstein and what Epstein was doing with young girls was an open secret for a long time before the story actually broke. Um, you know, Epstein started cultivating this relationship back with Clinton, like back in the early 1990s. So this goes back very far. Um, he was donating to him at the time. He was uh, going to dinners at the White House, uh, having his mutual friends uh, like socialite Lynn Forrester go to Clinton and sing his praises. And that was how Epstein was able to initially work his way into Clinton's circle. Okay, can you explain just basically this Jeffrey Epstein guy, people know the high notes, or at least think they know the high notes. Some rich guy got rich doing something nobody's really sure what, or at least the normal person's not sure what. And now he gets involved in international trafficking of underage girls. It's all really gross. Do we know how all this came to be? Uh, well, Epstein definitely led a mysterious life. Like you said, we still don't quite know how he made his millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, and he ended up using it in this way that was really sick and was able to create this kind of sexual Ponzi scheme with underage girls that he was able to do and get away with for a long, long time. And, uh, you know, it, the whole thing is just a shocking and horrifying case. And especially the fact that he was able to cultivate these relationships with high profile people like Bill Clinton. I mean, he was he he was close with Clinton before Clinton even left office. Like while Clinton was president, um, they ha had this growing close relationship together. Uh, when I was reporting my book out, we heard a story about uh, an event, a dinner party that Carolyn Kennedy hosted in the late 1990s on Martha's Vineyard. And Bill Clinton gets a call from Jeffrey Epstein um, on, or his Secret Service guy gets a call from Jeffrey Epstein and pulls Bill out of the dinner. Bill walked out to take this call. So Epstein had his ear going all the way back to when Bill was in office. And I, I think that's one of the most shocking things about this case. Okay, now, honestly, it is amazing, even with our disgusting media in this country, how uncurious, I don't even know if that's a word, but I went to community college, how uncurious they are about the still very much alive former president of the United States and his connection with this whole thing. Now, I, look, obviously, I'm not a big Clinton fan, so I don't want to speak out of turn. You're the one who does all the smart person stuff. How connected to all the ugly stuff was Bill? We know he's friends with Jeff. Is he all in on all the yucky stuff? Um, one of the most surprising things that we found out while reporting this book was that Bill was having an affair with Glenn Maxwell. That was what we were told by a um, very close source to Clinton uh, who witnessed this relationship. And so that's something that is really surprising. That's something that hasn't really been uh, talked about very much in the media, that Bill and Glenn had this really close relationship. And it went on for, you know, a while in the early 2000s. Uh, it's, it's funny, you know, Epstein didn't like Clinton that much. He, he told his friends that he didn't really respect him. Um, there was one story where uh, that one of Epstein's friends told us where Epstein asked Bill, like, why did you have this affair with Monica Lewinsky? Epstein apparently didn't find Lewinsky very attractive. And Bill told him that the government was shut, shut down, so she was the only girl in the White House. Uh, so this was 
kind of how they would joke together. And obviously they were hanging out on Epstein's plane, flying all over the place, going to Africa, uh, London, Singapore, all of these different places. Okay, Alana, as far as Epstein Island goes, obviously it's, look, it's a family show, so I realize we don't want to get into any details here. I'm sure you have all kinds of details I don't necessarily want shared on the show, but what do we believe actually happened at Epstein Island? Is this paid prostitution? Is this, what, what was it? Well, we didn't find any evidence that Clinton was visiting there. I know there are people who have accused Clinton of going to this island, and, and we did not see that. Um, but but he was on the plane and was traveling to various places in the early 2000s. Um, you know, as for the island, there were a lot of accusations that Epstein was using that as part of his sex trafficking ring, and uh, you know, it was uh, this was an international ring. I mean, it went over to Europe and all these different places where Epstein was living. He had a ranch in New Mexico as well, and uh, the victims have accused him of abusing them at all these different places. Oh, all right. Epstein's death. Obviously, I want people to read the book, An Inconvenient Death, so I'm sure you're going to get into all the details there, but I, I know it's internet fodder. You know, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself, but as just the dumb guy from the outside looking in, the guards fell asleep and the cameras malfunctioned. Come on, what do we believe? It's crazy. And you know what? The Department of Justice launched an inspector general report like over two years ago into Epstein's death, and we still don't have the findings on that, which is is really upsetting. And they should release that for transparency's sake, because there are so many questions, as you mentioned, about what happened that night. Um, the two guards who were who didn't check on Epstein for over eight hours, they just got ch the charges dropped against them um, from the Department of Justice in back in December after they did some community service hours. So we, we really just there's so many questions on this. Why was the camera not working in his cell? Why was his roommate a cellmate transferred out the day before this happened? Um, why wasn't he checked on? He was such a high profile criminal. And, or, and why was, uh, you know, why was he taken off of suicide watch after he supposedly tried to kill himself like three weeks before? So the whole thing, um, there are a lot of questions that the Department of Justice really needs to answer on, on this. And they should release that report as soon as possible so that we can get there. Alana, one more thing. You keep bringing up Maxwell, and you've discovered, I didn't know any of this, you, you guys discovered apparently she was having an affair with Bill. Well, she just went through a trial. Everything was kept sealed pretty tightly. Do we have any idea about possibly a Clinton connection with the judge or the people involved in that? Because it was a little unnerving how closed-lipped everyone was about this whole thing. Um, I know that there was some questions about one of the prosecutors in the case. I believe it was uh, Comey's daughter. But, you know, I, I really think that the Department of Justice handled that case well. I think that there are a lot of things to criticize about DOJ and what they have done on Epstein and how they messed this up really from day one. Uh, but I, I think that Glenn Maxwell and the outcome of that trial was a rare uh, piece of justice in this case. And I, I do think that the DOJ did a solid job on that trial. Alana Goodman, the book is An Inconvenient Death. Go buy it, Alana. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right. We have a light in the mood with Hillary.
next. All right. Instead of final thoughts, which we usually do on our specials, I thought it would be important to at least give Hillary her say. I mean, look, in fairness, we just blasted the Clintons for an hour. Let's make sure Hillary has her say. So we thought maybe we should bring out Hillary when she was giving part of the victory speech that she never actually got to give. Just let's, let's take a moment and take all this in. I think about my mother every day. Sometimes I think about her on that train. I wish I could walk down the aisle. I wish I could walk down the aisle and find the little wooden seats where she sat, holding tight to her even younger sister, alone, terrified, she doesn't yet know how much she will suffer. She doesn't yet know she will find the strength to escape that suffering. That is still a long way off. The whole future is still unknown. And she stares out at the vast country moving past her. I dream of going up to her and sitting down next to her taking her in my arms and saying, look at me, listen to me. You will survive. You will have a good family of your own and three children. And as hard as it might be to imagine, your daughter will grow up and become the president of the United States. I am as sure of this as anything I have ever known. America is the greatest country in the world. And from tonight going forward, together, we will make America even greater than it has ever been for each and every one of us. Thank you. God bless you. And may God bless America. I'll see you. <laughs> 